Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Millwall fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tinned fruit and veg. If you can help in any way, they are on Twitter at Lions Food Hub. DM them. You can DM me at Actong Millwall and I'll pass on any help and information that we can. Lions Food Hub at Lions Food Hub. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. You're listening to Actong Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Except no South Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to part two of this double header, end of season double header. Joining me is Mr. Harry Warren. Welcome to the show, H. Afternoon, Nick. And direct from his um, smoking lounge somewhere in the home counties, it's Mr. Michael Hayden. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hello, Nick. Hello, listeners. We are tasked, gentlemen, with reviewing the 2020-21 season. Um, done one show with uh, Ryan and and Michael ready, so I wanted to get your take on it too, boys, because obviously it's been a strange, strange old campaign, and it's been a hard one to um, to. We're just having a great conversation, listeners. I'm, I'm, I'm in kind of wistful mode because I've been having a conversation off air that might have made a great podcast in its own right. But I, I, I'm wondering whether this has been a season to have tested our collective love for the game generally chaps and I'm I'm saying that not just with Millwall in mind but with some of the dreary games we've been watching on Sky I don't know if you've followed any of the Premier League games recently and and some of the European games for that matter it's been a stretch isn't it this whole season no no fans in the stadiums and TV um, feeds uh, I follow in our case at the Den Um, where do you both stand at the end of what has been a very um, testing season in that direction. I mean, Mike. I mean, how, how do you? Where's your love for football these days, mate? That's an interesting point, Nick. It's definitely wavered. Um, I'll always watch Millwall because that's in my blood. But you know, uh, probably before um, COVID, there would always be football on in my flat and house and whatever. Yeah. You know, wherever I was, I'd always have a game on. I was always sort of checking the scores, whatever league that would be. I think I was always interested and. In, European nights but yeah now I find myself watching 
some shit on Netflix with the misses when uh, it's a Champions League semi-final. So, you know, something's something that's definitely um, changed. But I think it just maybe it just feels slightly less significant in life. I think you know many of us you know live for football. That's what we do. And I just think this whole pandemic situation has probably given us maybe a different outlook um, on life. You know, that said, when the new season comes back and we're back in the den, I'll be back to my old routine. Yeah, I'm sure. But it's, you know, it, it has changed my thoughts on it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Harry and I were just speaking off air. I mean, we're going to bring you in, H, um, talking about the various phases of life. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to my own life, listeners. Um, went for a period in the kind of mid-80s where I probably didn't, well, I didn't go very often Colour Cup games here and there, um, but not very much till the promotion season of 87, 88, from about... 83 till 87 for many reasons involving life and family and all the rest of it. Um, Harry, I mean, we were just talking off air, mate. Um, you, how would you describe your, 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 your feelings at the moment? I mean, you're struggling with, with football? Or, um, Millwall? Um, just, just Millwall, really. Um, not, not necessarily football. I mean, I'll sit there and watch, you know, Sky have got their massive sort of four or five block of games on, on a Sunday. I'll sit there and won't, particularly maybe go for a walk in the morning, go and get a coffee after playing a game on a Saturday, yeah. stretch myself off and then sit there and not move and then wonder why I'm stiff as a dog on um, Monday morning. <laughs> but it, it, I'd rather sit there and watch that because I don't know whether or not that's because the quality is better. Um, maybe even the quality of the broadcast is somewhat better, but also because I don't, maybe I'm not invested in that. I am watching it purely as entertainment where as with Millwall, you're, you're invested as we all are and we all have our opinions and, and, mm. and you can disagree with other people's opinions. As I'm sure people disagree with me on a lot of things and I disagree with them firstly, that that's fine. But I have found this season in particular, um, a very, very hard watch. Now, is that because of, the fact that it's COVID, yes, slightly. The, 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 the one step removal, the most you know, removed that we all could be and not being there. But also, I don't feel an affinity with this side. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether that, that, that is, as you get older, you tend to not, I, I just don't feel their mill wall. And I, I, I don't know why. I can't put my finger on to why I don't feel their mill wall. Um, they seem like a pal imitation of... Millwall, we lack a leader. I think that's, I think that's, you know, um, very, very clear from results on the pitch. But I think that plays into can I be bothered to to watch them? You know, I haven't watched them in probably five weeks. I can't remember the last game I actually watched. Um, if I'm being totally honest, that's cards on the table. Um, I've watched the highlights or whatever, and once it became very clear to me that we had nothing to play for, I wasn't invested, and that's not me. I'll turn up, I, but. You know, weirdly, if I was able to go to the den, I wouldn't have dreamed of missing five games on the bounce. Do you know what I mean? It was, um... No, I think it's been a stretch in in that way. I mean, the quality, Mike, I mean, the quality of the football has not been easy to watch. Let's be really honest. I mean, I, none of us follow the Lions for the trophies, do we? Um, unless none of us have followed Millwall all of our lives for necessarily for the high talent on, on the pitch. I mean, we, we, we hope for it, but we don't always get it. But we do ask for fire in the belly and I think for me um, one of the things I was asking the chaps to think about was summing up the season the sentence and 
for me, I'm left with a sense of dissatisfaction at the end of the season because I think that we could have done better and I think we should have done better, but the spirit was lacking in this group of players. And they, they I, I said it on the other show, I think they let Gary Rowett down in these last six games um, by not give, by almost giving up, by almost not trying the, the ultimate sin at the den. I mean, would you, would you agree with that, Mike? Uh, in some respects, I think it's been difficult for us all because we felt so distant from the side as well. I think, you know, when you're in the den and you've got, you know, that atmosphere most of the time and, you know, you're with your mates, you've had a few pints, you can call Ryan Woods whatever you want. You do feel <laughs> more invested in the side then. And I think, you know, actually to sit there of a sort of Saturday afternoon stone cold sober on your own, actually watching the game, <laughs> you realise, <laughs> fuck me, we're not that good. But I think it probably may not have been as bad if we were there, because if you bring in those those factors. Um, but I do take your point um, as well, Harry. I, I felt that the side has lost a little bit of its, um, yeah, millwallness, we call it. You know, there, are, there aren't many players there where I think you would call it a typical um, Millwall type player. Um, but maybe this is Rowett's plan, I think, you know, to try and modernise the side. But then if you do that, you could disconnect the fan base, which it sounds again, which probably Harry is is feeling a little bit at the moment. It brings me to num- my, my, my second talking point and then my little list that I put together. I'm not going to stick slavishly to it because actually some questions are better off merged in with the others. But, but I mean, Harry, I mean, I want to... You've been a critic of Gary Rowett. Let's let's, let's be um, yes. let's let's, let's um, nail our colours to the mast. Um, but one of the points I've, I've I wanted to ask you, and because I think you you represent a certain viewpoint. I've seen other posts on online similar kinds of um, views as, as as your own. Um, but one of the things I was wondering, I mean, given the squad that he inherited, and given where it was possible to get it to at the start of this season, back in. I think it was September we started this season. Um, what would what what could he have done better? What should he have done better? What would you have done in his shoes? I mean, how how would you have played it if if you were a middle manager, so to speak? Well, I think to to say that the squad that he inherited is the the trope that gets knocked about um, very easily, and I, I it's a bit of a myth to me um, because the squad that he inherited. Take Harris's last season out of it, where we we just stayed up. The season before, the only player extra was was Savile, mm-hmm. and we sold Savile for a major a major profit. Yeah. Um, that was why we went backwards in that season with Harris. Is that we lost the midfielder um, last Rowett's first season? We had Malumbi who done the Savile role, and we ended yeah. up finishing eighth for whatever we did. So at the end of that season, we got back to where we were first season in the championship. So last summer. What Millwall needed to do was add depth and add a little bit of quality. We, we weren't going to get relegated. That shouldn't have even been a thing. Last season, what did we do? We got Malone, who, who turned out to be a, a, a great signing and hopefully he stays. Yeah. Um, we continued with Ryan, the Ryan Woods project, which... Um, well, that's, the, that's a debatable point, isn't it? Ryan Woods is, is, is probably the, the most divisive figure, I think, in, in, in the side at the moment. I have no problem. I have Rich Daddy, who I think opinion. Well, is... we, I don't think we can do much with John Daddy. That's that's the problem. I, I you can you can't get rid of players on contracts who no, no one's going to want to sign. And I, I I get that. And I think 
with everyone saying that it's a summer for him to get rid of dead wood, dead wood only goes if one, you can cut it out by selling it to somebody on a cheap, which I don't think anyone would, especially in COVID times, you know, you talk about linking it to premier league size. They're talking about that. These big clubs don't have the money to, you know, go and get Kane out of Tottenham. So they're not going to spend money on a John Daddy Bavarsen, are we? Um, We took a risk on Troy Parrott, hoping he would be the next Harry Kane when it turned out that he was more like Harry Monk than than anything else. Um, (laughs) We, you know, we've done that. And then other than that, I I can't remember another addition, really. Bennett, we signed again. And other than that, we didn't do a lot of a lot of business in the original summer transfer. No, we, I mean, I, 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 Mike, I, I didn't disagree with Malone and and Mason Bennett. I, I like them both in their different ways. I like them both. The two the two kind of flair players intended to be have both turned out to be duds. And I, I mean mm. by that I mean Troy Parrott and then Kenneth Zohor, um, both were duds in, in different ways. Um, but on paper. I mean, I'd ask you, Mike, I mean, on paper, both looked okay signings. I was quite excited by Troy Parrott, less so Zohor. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, Harry, your two points that were exactly the first on my list of notes um, was, firstly, yeah, the over-reliance on Ryan Woods, uh, just touching on that, completely mm. agree with you. He didn't show enough for me in the first loan spell, you know, and was even worse this season. Uh, I, I just don't know why he was re-signed. Um, very strange. And he seems to still be, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet, which is is odd. But yes, touching on that, we were so naive with the signing of Troy Parrott. Um, I mean, I remember his uh, announcement video, you know, the sort of flashy things and suddenly this it announcement. Was Tim makes, makes wasn't it? <laughs> cringe. Yeah, it just makes me cringe thinking back to it now. Oh. You're so naive. The chap had never played a men's professional game and we were looking at him to come in and score 20 goals in the season it was it was a it turned out to be a, you know a dreadful signing and actually since then he's gone on to Ipswich and I think he hasn't even been getting in their side so one, I think it shows one he got goal, one goal yeah. where they kicked it at him it was a very Mayer Hoffer yeah. the goal scorer like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His arse, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think Elements of naivety, wasn't it? And then touching on Zahor, I think he showed a little bit of promise when he did sign. It was that game at Preston, I think. Was, you know, grand a week. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not worth that. But, you know, once he got injured and then he just didn't look like he cared. So I think we haven't fixed the centre-forward position. And I think that was something that Rowett has failed this season because that's been broken for, well, at least two seasons now. The thing that makes me laugh the, the most, and I, I'll say this, is if you actually look at that, then the, so he realised he made a mistake. So let's cut the season before Christmas. So before Christmas, what were we? We were mid-table, couple of points outside the playoffs, maybe four or five points always outside the playoffs. If I remember rightly, before we went on the run where we didn't win, we couldn't buy a win, we drew, you know. End this uh, draws, yeah. End this um, draws. Yeah, we were, we were eighth. Eighth in, we beat Preston two 0 away, and we were eighth in eighth position at that point, Harry. And then we were yeah. the end is draws and, and losses. Yeah. See, the th- the thing for me with with it is, it is a it felt like a season of stagnation because we didn't do the things either in the summer. But basically, the season was ruined by the summer in January, weirdly, mm. because we the 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 shortfall wins we were able to paper over in the first half of the season. We went through that run and gave ourselves too much to do in the second half of the season, regardless who we signed, unless we signed, you know, Mbappe and scored 40 goals in, <laughs> in at the end of the season. But the, the problem, the problem for me is that 
what's the right word? There is a system that Gary Rowett plays. It's a rigid system. And we are probably a player light, if not more, in every single area of the side. And Millwall don't have the money to do this rebuild in one window. Now, we did do a lot of good business. Well, I say we've done a lot of good business. I think we've done business that we needed to do. But whether or not it's great business, I just think it was okay business. I think Kifton Bell and Evans are okay players and they're probably much of a muchness. They probably add depth that we need, you know, now that we know Williams is going and mm, yeah. and Ferguson as well. Um, that left-hand side does look remarkably weak still. That's been the same for two or three seasons there. You know, the, the problems with the squad still still exist. And I don't buy that this is, it seems to be a lot of, from Gary Rowett defenders, there seems to be a lot of, well, it's Harris's fault still. This is Gary Rowett's side. There, there is no there is no doubt about it. This is Gary Rowett's team now. You can't keep, yes, he's working under uh, circumstances post-COVID, but every manager in the Football League is working under circumstances post-COVID. Every club in the world is working. Every business around the world is working post-COVID. You can't use that as a defence. And last season, the business, ins and outs at the club, was clearly not good enough because we ended up in the season finishing behind where we finished the season before. And... Indeed. The, the that, inten- that's how you judge. The league table doesn't lie. The intention of the club is to progress. We finished 12th um, mid-table. Some some would say that's a good achievement. I've said it. That's, that's a good achievement historically for Millwall. But but Mike, the the, the club are make a make a a thing of saying that we want to progress. So that implies that there's going to be some signings to come in over the over the summertime, presumably to address the um the lack of goals which is which is crying out and, and also it's to some level in midfield um mike for you is is, is this, this this formation i don't know if it's a three four three or a three five i don't know the, you know what, what variation of um numbers you want but i mean do you, just the tact are the tactics right for you or is four four two seen it had its day at millwall yeah, I don't know. I think, firstly, the squad depth point is the, the big mistake Rowett made was not strengthening at centre-back um, last summer window because, you know, he had four, uh, talking about the formation, obviously we're playing sort of five at the back with three mm. centre-backs. You know, he only had four at his disposal centre-backs, one being uh, someone who was obviously very much lacklustre. And then he's always <laughs> had someone else, you know, just filling in there, whether that be Leonard when he was fit. And Len- yeah. that's not Leonard's best position. And then Evans, who I think is a better midfield player than a defender, oh, which we, yeah. we've we seen. So that, that was a massive error because the minute one or two got injured, we, we've been screwed, really. I think defensively, which he's meant to be a defensive manager, that was just a, a real mistake. You know, it was clear that it was always going to go tits up. And you could see some of the defending this season has been pretty poor, certainly in the second half. But but on your point, it's very difficult to say, Nick, because this year I just think at so many times we've had so many countless injuries and it feels like sometimes the squad yeah, is just yeah. being held together with, you know, bargain bucket sticky take or almost, you know, it's, he's having to name, you know, sometimes different sides each time we go out due to injuries or COVID or something like that. So I think it is difficult to really comment uh, massively on those tactics because I just don't think we've had that full strength side at the disposal yet. I think if you go on, you know, runner games when you can actually see the way this formation could, actually work it you know I'm holding my judgment I think at times I think it works quite well when we're able to break quickly and 
you know that that does work but other times you know we've been ripped apart by sides and looked like none of the players know what they're doing so I think it's difficult to judge based on this season really because it's just been such a sort of sort of strange one but what what we will know is that he's not going to deviate from this clearly this is his favorite formation and I think he's going to bring players in the summer who will fit hopefully fit this this formation I I miss 4-4-2 in in a way but I think yeah, who not many sides play it anymore. Um, I think you know, in the top two leagues, I mean, Burnley are like an old fashioned mill wall, but I can't think of actually other many sides. So I think you, you do have to try and be progressive. Um, because if you keep playing that old same way, you you've, you risk being left behind. So I would I would uh, turn know, around and count that that it's yeah. a results business and you play to the side you've mm-hmm. got, not the side you want. And I feel at times he's guilty of playing to a side that he wants, not a side that he's got. Um, yeah, and that that is a massive problem, um, and and it is. And you know, the the one comment I got from this season that will stick in my throat until he's gone is that I pick the side; it's my side, and it's a very stubborn thing. I mean, he's he's the one that gets sat tired or fired, but the the fact is is that I know Alex Pierce isn't good enough, and I also know that Ryan Woods can't do a CDM's role. I, I've watched the same games that you have, and, and most Millwall fans would agree on those points. You know, I, I sat there and watched the Derby versus Sheffield Wednesday game, hoping they both went down. Just so, and I was sitting there watching any of them with what players out of this will Rowick sign because he'll go to a generic Northern mid sort of Birmingham City type area club. And we seem to sign their players. Now, rightly or wrongly, it seems that that is the way that we're scouting is to sign championship, solid championship players. Well, if you sign solid championship players, you're only going to be a solid championship team, which is fine. But admit that that's the ambition. The, the fact, I suppose that's the problem. I, I, I don't feel we have the ambition required. And also, if we are going to do, do this new kind of, we're playing this formation, that you need the squad rebuild. And squad rebuilds are tricky to do in terms of one. Expensive, Harry, as well. Expensive. I mean, ambition is expensive as well, isn't it? Yeah. Ambition is expensive, but you're spend they, um, you know, they're spending. They spent money this season on presumably wages on loan because I know for a fact that Stoke had something mad like fifty players out. Well, maybe not fifty players, but they definitely had a hell of a lot of players out on loan this season. Stoke to balance their wage bill. If you actually look at it, you know, Gregory for one, Brian Woods, Charlie Adam, you can, you can start naming of what championship sides are doing to, to cut costs. So there is a little bit of wriggle room in the market for a well-run club like ours, because we are a well-run club in terms of not spending me on our means. But there comes to this point of, well, at some point you do have to take gambles on players from lower down. And I, I do feel that that doesn't seem to happen or there doesn't seem to be from Gary Rowett you know, the chance mm. of playing Hayden, for instance. I was going to say Ed that. Pierce, you know, or the, the young boy. We were cry- in them 14 games. We we're absolutely crying out for some form of some form of enthusiasm. And I think he put Thompson back in and we didn't lose him five, for instance. And then, you know, he takes Thompson out and we lost again. And whether that makes Thompson makes players work hard or whether Thompson has some kind of negative inferior. I, I know that Ben Thompson is a a Millwall fan and therefore we, I look at him differently and other people hate him because he is a Millwall fan and therefore he has to be the best player on the pitch. I know he's a divisive character, but the fact of the matter is his character 
is Millwall Football Club. We we talk about characters all the time. And in most football clubs, successful football clubs are based around characters on and off the pitch. And sometimes this season, going back to what you've said about players letting uh, Gary Rowett down, I think he's let himself down by picking players that have no character. I'd you know, agree they, I, mean, I mean, Mike, I, I'd say... Um, I'd say a criticism that I would make of Gary Rowett, and it's, uh, the, some some criticism is, is is fair, some criticism isn't fair. No one can be criticised for the impact of COVID nineteen. I'm just looking at that Preston game that we mentioned earlier on, which was a good win, two 0 and then we got stuffed um, the, the Saturday after at home by Huddersfield Town. Um, but a criticism I would make of Gary Rowett is 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 what Harry just said there, where we don't seem to be looking at players from coming up from the lower levels um and we don't seem to be particularly prepared to back our youth i mean especially in the, in the critical areas up front i mean i'm, I'm thinking of isaac alofi at, at sutton who seems to be a, a player that knows where the back of the net is and that's what we've been crying out for he does seem to be conventional in his in his tastes in that way doesn't he I think I think he has sort of been trying to build a, a more of a spine of the side. And I still, if I looked at our squad, um, you know, I still think that best eleven. Um, well, I think you might you'd probably keep seven or eight of that best, uh, and hopefully they you know play next season. You know, Bart, Hutch, Cooper. We've got Romeo, McNamara, um, Mitchell's improving. Evans and Kifton build just come in. Mason Bennett, Jed Wallace. Th- these are all good players at this level so I think what he's he has tried to do is probably with Kifton Beld and Evans is build a bit of squad depth um, and with squad depth you I think you do need these solid championship signings you know as you alluded to Harry I mean, they're not necessarily going to set the world alight but they're, they're going to be shrewd operators and and then once you've got that spine you know you can hopefully add those two or three star players you know alongside Jed hopefully who can really make the difference in a side so I think I'm hoping that's sort of what happens this summer. And I can kind of see it almost building towards that. Because as I say, I think there is still a lot of that side, which I think have a decent players at this level. And, you know, I think we've got still got something to build on. I mean, maybe I'm being over positive, but I think so. I, I don't think all it, well, I just well, don't think, some... um, I don't think all is lost. You know what no, I mean? It's and... not like we're, we're not that... bloody got I agree to that point, but I think also that's almost, there's two ways of looking at that. And I think we looked at that, what you've just said, I think we thought that last summer, yeah, we, on our, on our day where our 11 are fit. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And we will win when our 11 are fit. I, I don't doubt that because we're better than a lot of those players are better than a lot of 11s in the, in the championship. The problem is, is as soon as you scratch off that silver scratch card coating of our 11, you're into, Bob Varson, oh yeah, yeah. Agree about the, you know, <laughs> Bob, let's just throw Bob Varson. Yeah. Woods, yeah, look, yeah. For me, for me, for the role that you want to do, look, you, you know, I can, I can compare two players that do very similar roles. Barry Bannon for Sheffield Wednesday, who's just been relegated, right? He's a much more mobile, ball-playing midfielder than Ryan Woods. They're probably going to be roughly the same amount of wages, and I know which one will get booed, and I know which one will be allowed to be allowed for artistry because they move around a bit more and they're a bit more mobile. And if you run around a lot of Millwall, you get 
called a player that puts their heart and soul into it and you get let alone, <laughs> left alone. Ryan Woods isn't that player. so cynical in your old but age, it's, Harry. It's, it's not cynical. It's, <laughs> it's planning. It's understanding. what like Understanding the, the, your audience. It's yeah. understanding your audience because the den is an audience and the den wants to be entertained. The next season when we go back, if he draws 14, if he goes 14 game wingless, you know, he'll be hung from fucking the rafters of the East Upper. Well, know, it was actually and, a run. I'm, I'm just looking at a run. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing this run, listeners. So don't you know, pick, pick me up on it. But we, we got beat in the FA Cup by Bristol. I'm badly beaten, three 0 But then we went on a run. Um, I mean, there's been some good stuff in this season, in, 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 in its way. We've gone from Watford on the 25th of Jan, a Championship, um, third place at the time for Watford. We were 16th. They've gone with just three defeats from Jan, Jan 25th. Three defeats up until the final six, when I would um, really pick this this squad up. So with just three three losses, wins and draws, and we've moved up to the brink of um, the top, um, you know, echelon of, 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 the, of the division, and then we've let it slip. We've got stuffed, badly stuffed at home by Swansea. Um, not a bad draw at Brentford. Stuffed again out of sight by Bournemouth. Um, an okay performance at Watford, unluckily to, to get beat there, I think you'd have to say. I'm going to park that Bristol 4-1 win, Mike, to one side, because I think that Bristol were, as, as Bart, Bill Coffey mm. said. I believe Bristol didn't get relegated. They were that bad for the second They're on Western Supermere, Western Supermere Pier or somewhere. I don't know what they're on. <laughs> if they have a beach there, I don't know. And then, then Saturday, obviously, 6-1 stuffing at, at Coventry. We just totally switched off for those final six games. And I, I find that a bit unforgivable from this, this squad because we... We mightn't have made the top six. We shouldn't have made the top six, but we had a chance. And that's that's the Millwall fire in the belly that, that's gone. Yeah, we we had we had a shrewd chance. I think, you know, firstly, I think Rowett, if he was managing another club, he'd have probably been sacked during that bad run. Because yeah. I think back to some yeah. of the podcasts we recorded, we were rock bottom. We were thinking we were going to get relegated. But yeah. I think yeah. you do you do have to give him some credit that he managed to turn it round in, in that respect and go on that good run of form. Um, and it, it was completely out of the blue, really, because it just looks like it was just a never ending loss and going to end in relegation. So I think, you know, you got to You got to give the, the man some credit there. Um, but I think the funny thing with Millwall is that most seasons that we've had over the last 20 years, you're either really battling to get into sixth or you're fighting relegation. So there's always something to play for, you know, up until the very last game of the season in yeah. most divisions. That wasn't the case this season. Um, no, and, you, no. you know, we've not been actually used to probably having six, seven, eight games left where it's pretty clear we're too far from the playoffs. We're going to finish in the top half, but, you know, it's, that's it. So I think, you know... Uh, I'm just, again, trying to take it with a bit of a pinch of salt. Obviously, we are very disappointed with some of the performances at the end of the season, but it was almost like the players were just fucking sick of it as well as we were as fans and just wanted <laughs> it over. It. Do you know what I mean? Maybe but it could have been. You don't, know, you don't know. But I think, um, yeah, I just think it was just, it's one of them seasons where it's just like no other. And, yeah. and I think where we were in the league, it, you know, that uh, we've not been sort of used to that mid-table mediocrity, I don't think, at Millwall for, for a while. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Achtung, Mailball. Harry, give me some reasons to be cheerful. <laughs> this will be quick. Billy Mitchell and Danny McNamara. That is literally it. <laughs> that is literally the only reasons to be cheerful. Oh come on! Let's get, we can, let's, let's... Well, what else do you want me to say? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got you. I've, I've got put, you here. Well, you got uh, Mike. I put the, well. I did put the season is over. Is one of my points. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, but I've already said it. I think, I think, you know, I think full strength. I think that we've got a side which we can we can build on and add to, and and I think that that's um, cheerful in some respect because, as I say, I don't think it's an absolute shit show like that squad under Holloway, where you know, no, talking about Bristol no, no. City, for example, Dave. I think got 12 players out of contract at the end of the season, you know, and a, that is a squad overall. What we're saying is we want to sell a handful, buy a handful as yeah, less of a squad um, overhaul in that respect. So I think in some regards, that's, that's cheerful. Um, performances of Jed Wallace again, for me, um, you know, has, have been very positive again for most of this season. Um, he's a player I enjoy to watch. Yes, um, and I, I think agree. he's, yeah. he's, we're, we're lucky to have a player like that, I think, <laughs> in some respects. Um, you know, he's for how he's long? Been, for how long? Well, yeah, he may have well, played his last was, game for us, according to some websites. I, 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 uh, I mean, he's out of contract yeah. next season. That's all I'm saying. Mm. He, he's got to sign it. I mean, you've got to be thinking, you know, sign again, give us one year, one more year, and then we can maybe sell him for a bit more cash. Because obviously, if he's only got a year left on his deal, we're not gonna, you know, be able to cash in as much, but um. Yeah, hopefully he does stay, but I could understand why the lad might want to leave. I guess he's been here a long time now, but um, but, he was, he but anyway, yeah, he's been good. Yeah, he must yeah. Be a point in his career where he wants to achieve something. Problem. You know, um, who knows? Mm. The problem is, is if he does leave, we are fucked. I mean, that is mm. that's being totally honest. You take that amount of goals outside yeah. and that amount of assists, what have we got? Mm. And that is where I start to panic. 
well, my reasons yeah, to I'm... be cheerful because I don't want to. This is, this is turning into like too much of a depressive um, show. For, for I, I always like to leave the listeners with a an upbeat kind of um, feel about these 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 um, editions. So I've got I've got. I mean, in a way, it goes back to what you said, uh, Harry. Youth. I mean, we've got two great youth players already established in the team: Billy Mitch and now Danny Mack. Two both look like they've got the ingredients to go all the way in the game. Um, I also like the look of, although we haven't seen much of Hayden Muller, but whenever we have seen him take the field in recent games, he's looked totally at home playing in championship, playing against championship attacks. Um, we don't know how Isaac Alofa is going to do. I don't know how to pronounce his surname if I'm mispronouncing it. I apologise to him. Um, but he seems to be doing well at Sutton in Division 5, effectively, of, of, of league football. So there's... The, there are others in the in the youth squad that we believe may have chances. I, I hope that Harry, uh, that um, Gary Rowett sees the value in playing some of the kids more often because we haven't seen it as much this season. This is a criticism I would make, boys, that if we weren't going to play Hayden, if we we're not going to bring Isaac back and, and we've got James Brown up at St Johnston, you know, for these these kinds of games, these dead rubber games, when when are we going to play them, you know? Yeah. I'd have given them a, more of a chance. I mean, Tyler Biori was another one, Nick, who I Biori, think we've sorry, been quite yeah, impressed yeah. with. He's, yeah. yeah, quite exciting yeah. To, yeah. to watch. But um, the, the only other thing in playing Devil's Advocate is how many youth players can you play in a side? I mean, you know, he's brought back McNamara from St. Johnston, who's been a revelation. I mean, who'd have thought how he's good this, this kid is? He's He he will. And I think he, we will see more of him. And, he, you know, the fact he's challenging Romeo, who's been one of our you know better players over the last few years, is, is really good to see. And, you know, Mitchell would have featured more this season if it wasn't for his injury. So yeah. you've got two yeah. young, yeah. youngsters yeah. there and he's given a bit of time. But I think we've said on the show before, I think as fans, we're just like, well, dead rubber these last eight games. But Rowett, for his own personal ego, will want to try and beat eighth or whatever it was from last season. And I think that's why he continuously picked the, the strongest 11. And that that's a, <laughs> another mistake <laughs> trying to be positive but but it but it is because i think you you know actually the fans could go into next season and go wow oh, well who gives a f- two flying fucks if we yeah. finish eighth to 14th now yeah. uh, well we'd love to see you know muller and Bury start get 90 minutes and that actually might have brought a more positive spin even to this podcast goes back to knowing your audience i think sometimes yeah. I think sometimes he's his own worst enemy in terms of getting maybe his doubt as such as me on side because he'll do five good things. And I think, oh, yeah, I might start warming to him. I can see what he's trying to do there. And then he'll come out and say something stupid. And I think to myself, you're a cunt, and uh, really. Uh, you just don't get us. Uh, and I, I think, I think, you know, there is a lot to be said when the manager understands the club. And I, I generally don't believe that he does. I've got another that, reason think, to be cheerful, Chad. But the reason to be cheerful is that he is a he is a safe football manager. I don't think. Mm. He's but that is, that, that is a reason to be cheerful. Um, is that he's not completely fucking useless? I suppose is a is a oh, plus point. Oh, <laughs> the financial stability of the club. I mean, we 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 should all be. We we I think we all are eternally grateful to John Berylson for keeping us on a an even financial kill. I mean, we don't have to look far. Derby County were fighting for their lives on Saturday looking to go down possibly and, and Sheffield Wednesday and we've seen. Um, it doesn't, maybe don't put bums on seats, but financial stability is a big, big reason. Um, as long as we've got John Berylson in charge of us anyway, um, to be cheerful. Uh, and and I, 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 I take a bit of pinch of salt on the Gary Rowett front, Harry, because I, I, I don't actually know, you can argue about one or two points of 
tactics and substitutions and perhaps if um if para if zohor had been you know come off then the season might have looked slightly different i don't know but i'm not sure many of us could have done much different to what he's done in the circumstances of the season i i, yeah. I, just, I just think it's um it's been a strange it's been difficult it has yeah, been difficult. I, not, I would oh, say, that, sorry, I, I would just say that for all my criticism, he has kept us in the championship for another season, <clears> um, <throat> which is which is always the thing with Millwall is that to stay in this division is an achievement. It is an achievement. Some people see that as being negative, and that was a trope to beat Neil Harris in the past. That to say to stay in this division is an achievement. It is, but eventually you have to. You can't live in this division all the time because of the money that keeps washing down from mm. the sides uh, relegated the first time in history that the three sides relegated will go straight back up um but there are talks which is a positive of ending parachute payments which will be good for Millwall because Millwall will the well-run clubs will will benefit because we won't have to fight against an ever increasing money pool to an ever increase i mean what is it i think there's what six clubs maybe in the division that's never been in the premier league um there's not I, many yeah maybe I, i'd have to count them up but i'll take take you take your word at that let's have a quick run through um the squad i mean bart bill Cossey, player of the season justified mike player of the season for you bart um i guess so yeah i mean i think i, I gave him a nine out of ten i think again he's he's extremely good he's got the odd gaff in him but I think he's yeah very good player mm. um I'd have liked to see one of our uh, perhaps Jed Wallace win it mm. I think just just because he's you know he entertains get gets well bums off sofas in this uh, this season but you know that's what you, you you know to give I just think to give the goalkeeper player of the season you know in this in this season was not my choice but yeah yeah I mean he's he's I think he's definitely one of our best players so I guess deserving so in that respect well, I voted Jed Harry. I mean, how, how did you see Bart as a as, as a player of the season? I mean, I, I can't disagree with a choice, but I think I'm with Mike in wanting to see someone a bit more creative get it. I wanted Scott Malone to get it. Scott Malone. I wouldn't have argued about Scott Malone either. Um, I thought Scott Malone was at night and day um, one of our better players. I think really the three standouts for the season were Malone, Bart, and and, and Jed. Mm. Um, and I think other than that, everyone had erratic seasons, really. They were the most consistent performers of the three that we've mentioned. Um, even Malone was quite erratic at times as well. But I think, you know, you can't have your left-back scoring three absolute worldies in a season and not, not put him into player of the year um, contention. But that's, I the, think that's, the, that's the audience. That's, I that's, think, that's our audience. Yeah, it's Mike. Mike, <laughs> um, Mike mentioned it earlier on about Leonard. I think Leonard is our best yeah. without a doubt. Um, and when he plays well, we play well. Um, that is a good example of the injuries really, really doing. I mean, I'm just looking at Sean Hutchinson getting injured, Ryan Leonard, um, Matt Smith, our goal scorer. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and even even the enigma that is Conor Mahoney coming back after a long time out. I mean, injuries really have hit us very, very hard this season. Um, and I think we've noticed certainly defensively we're in, in the last, um, you know, the last four weeks or so of the season, the what Sean Hutchinson, Hutchinson can bring to the defence because I think Jake's looked a little bit. Um, like he needs a leader next to him, really, doesn't he? That's, he that's, needs. He, mm. He's looked a little bit lost at times, um, and you know, so we struggled Saturday with with it all. Um, Ryan Woods. I just want to touch on Ryan Woods. 
as, not a positive. As I must. I mean, he's, he's, he's um, with, uh, I'll, I'll ask the question, is he a signer? Or is, he a le- is, is he one for the um, taxi, Harry? Is he, uh, is I mean, I think there's better versions. I understand what Brian Woods is meant to do. Um, uh, and I understand what he can do. The problem is, is there's too much for me that he can't do. And we don't have, there's, there's too many things we need to sign before we sign a player like Ryan Woods for me. Um, yeah, no, I, need, I, I've, I've we come to that player. viewpoint in a way, Harry. I mean, I, We I, need a ball playing centre-back. Yeah. We need a second goalkeeper and we need a striker. So do I need a CDM that can spray the ball to someone we haven't got yet? I don't think we need him yet. Yeah, well, I would say the only times Woods has played well and it's been, you know, on one hand, to be honest, this season is when he's actually... Yeah, when but when he's been um, allowed to push forward a little bit more, um, and um, so you know, if you can play maybe Evans in that DM role, which I think he could well be suited for, and you potentially let Woods kind of go forward and be a bit more creative. But it's just the position he's played in, whether it's been he's not good enough, is maybe, or whether that's just not the right position for him in this side could be a possibility. I think that's what we need to look at. But you're right, I think there's more pressing areas. Um, he's not showed enough over two seasons to warrant signing. Um, and I think his wages would probably be quite high as well, based on what he's been reportedly on at Stoke. Um, so, yes, I, I don't know. I think if the plan would be maybe to try him a bit further forward, maybe sign him for, to give him a chance but surely he's had that opportunity now so yeah I mean no no goals I mean you know I, I know he's mm. not there to, as a goal scoring attacking midfielder but that's that's still not much is it from a player at his level um, there was a great clip I looked, that was doing the rounds a few weeks ago I've been playing for Shrewsbury I think it was scoring some shot from distance and you think well, where's, where's that player gone you know that, that yeah. right was the one that I'd really like to see but um, anyway that's I, I, I think I, I think I agree with Harry I think it's taken me all season Harry to reach this point but I think I agree with you mate it's all right. I, I mean, everyone comes around to my way of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, pro- the problem for me is that you know um I'm I'm just thinking of wages wise. I, I can't imagine the players that we know to be leaving now are on massive wages. So we're talking about okay. Ferguson, Williams, and Fielding. I can't imagine that's massive wages. Um but we haven't got a second goalkeeper. No, no, we do. Um, Bart is one injury away from us being massively in trouble. Um there's there's you know the dark you know Derby stayed up so you can't go and raid them row it so you've got to go and look at somebody else. There's Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, maybe. Uh, you know, is there is there anyone from there we can go and nick? Because there's also clubs with massive financial problems lower down in this table. Um and I think that's where Millwall got to do their their solid pieces of business there. But there is players that we need to go and look at. Um West Brom are gonna come down and be, I would say. The teams coming down aren't in complete disarray. Maybe Fulham might be, depending on their, mm. depending on what happens with their sides and, and so on and so forth. But, but you can see West Brom dominating next season, can't you? The way that Norwich have, have done this year. Yeah, I would say so. I think I think Millwall are in that pack of teams that there's probably eleven of those teams in the Championship that fancy their chances at having a run for the playoffs. And and you know I. I, I can see us having a run to the playoffs, but again, a, a bit like what Mike said at the beginning, we need to sign a goal scorer. They're the hardest thing to buy in football. You sort of see the players that Middlesbrough have released. You know, you see that Malumbi did nothing at Preston. You see these players that seemingly 
you've said in the past, Nick, that find their niche at Millwall. Yeah. And Millwall need to find a niche of signing these players that find their home at Millwall and excel at Millwall. And we just lack some of that at the minute. And I don't think Ryan Woods particularly fits into that excelling at Millwall type idea. And I think we need to get, if Rowett's going to play this way, he needs to find a balance. And I think that balance has been slightly lacking. Whether or not that will happen next season when we're back and, and so on and so forth, I don't know. But there are reasons to be positive. We didn't get relegated and we're, we're there or thereabouts, but they do need to sign well in the summer for us to make any kind of improvement on what has been a frustrating season for me, really. One last one just to close us, boys. Um, ben Thompson um, has looked like a player that is no not going to be with us for much longer. And I don't know if, I, if that's just intuition or is Rowett doesn't seem to fancy him much, Mike, does he? No. No, it's... um. It's sad in a way when a Mill's sons, you know what I mean, with um, mm. Thompson. But I think, yeah. um, yeah, I just, he's had opportunities this year. I think he's been pretty average, uh, to be honest. And I, I just think perhaps, you know, he's old enough now. Was he 25? 25, I think. I mean, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, at that age, you should be established in the championship where, you know, I still think his sort of style of play probably doesn't fit what Rowett wants. And, you know, I'm not sure... Uh, he's the answer anymore, which, you know, it does pay me to say that. Um, but I think for him, I think he's got a big career decision to make because no doubt we'd keep him as a squad player. I'm sure of that. Um, but, you know, Ben needs to have a think, well, could he go back down to somewhere like Portsmouth where he's guaranteed a start and have a good, you know, hopefully they, well, they should get promoted next year. Or they've been yeah. saying that for three seasons. But I think it's the decision Ben needs to, needs to make is, is he happy to be a squad player at his, uh, at his uh, boyhood club or does he want to play week in, week out, which is probably most likely to be in League One, isn't it? Um, I know what my answer would be. What would yours be, Harry? I think I'd have to move on personally. Well, I, mm. I think I think that's a distinct possibility. Um, I would say, though, that if he does leave and go on to have a great career somewhere else, it will be very indicative of Millwall um, of shooting themselves in the foot. Um, but there we go. That That's... Though that's football in a way, you either some managers suit certain players. I don't. I think Mike's right in saying that Rowett doesn't, for whatever reason, like Ben. Um, you know, for whatever reason, he hasn't seemingly liked Shane Ferguson. Mm. For you know, um, there's a lot of that going on, um, and that will either work or it won't work. And we're about to see whether or not it works or not. Now, that terrifies me because <laughs> the changing of the guard. Um, at Millwall, in my my time of supporting, hasn't necessarily all got always gone well. Normally, it ends up with us in League One, and um, that that possibly could happen again. I'm not saying Ben Thompson is a direct link to us going to League One, by the way. But my point is, as a wider changing of the guard of the governors, shall we say, from Mike Calvin's book, you know, you start looking at the side that when we got promoted, you start looking at the characters. You know, you mm. start looking at all of them. You've lost Ford, you've lost Byron Webster. You've lost Williams, you've lost Gregory, you've lost Morrison, now losing Thompson, you've lost AOB, you've lost um, Ferguson. You start losing the players that have had that positive experience with the club. And um, we're not exactly the easiest club to play for. And I always feel it's a balance of having players who understand the club um, to get the best out of some of the players that don't have an affinity with the club. And um, if my arm for a governor, Mike, wouldn't you, right now on that pitch? Certainly, words. I think for me, Hutchinson 
would probably count as well and, and maybe Jed as well. But yeah. I think, you know, if you think then that the governor, we had five or six, which you, you wouldn't fuck within the tunnel, would you? No, uh, whereas no. now, <laughs> you know, you've got, you haven't got much, much there. But um, Conor Mahoney's skyliner yeah, it, for a start. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's the balance. Um, but it depends that what is the modern definition of a governor? Is that someone who actually has some quality and, and stuff like that? Or is it someone who's going to, you know, live for the shirt and kick the players, you know, 10 feet up in the air? I think, you know, there, there's a balance, really. And I think that's what we've got to find. But you know, as we touched on, it's so difficult with transfers with us because like we've seen when we tried to sign Kiefer Moore, you've got five or six other championship sides in for the same player. And then you suddenly have got, you know, Cardiff, Middlesbrough. Oh, and Millwall are in for him. You just know. We're never going to sign these players. And, and that's what must be so challenging for the club because we don't have the money, the wages to spend. I think you're really going to want to either try and rejuvenate your career at Millwall and really want to be here. And we'll guarantee you championship football as long as you give it 100%. And I think that's that's what's going to be challenging for this this summer. Um, can they find a few hidden gems which go under the radar? We'll see. That's the club we love, dear listeners. Whether for better or for worse, um, happy or sad, that's the club that we love. And I'm afraid it's not going to change in a hurry. I want to say thank you to Harry and to Mike for taking time out of their days today and joining me on the show. I also want to say thank you to Aaron, to Ryan and Michael for uh, being the spine of the of the show all season and i also want to say thank everybody that's taken part um too numerous to mention here i don't have any notes i'm just doing this from uh, off the top of my head from memory i just want to say thank you to everyone that's taken part in the show all of the people who have corresponded with me it's really nice to get messages um from people um regarding the the the, the, the given the sense of what the show brings to them it's really quite touching sometimes and takes my breath away a little bit because Never was what I expected when I started doing this all those years ago. So big thank you to you all. Thank you to chaps today. Um, let's have a nice summertime. Let's get um, some normal life back after June 21st, I think it is. And let's go to the den in August, mask free, vaccinated up and get back to normality again. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would. And thank you to you, Nick, as well. Uh, I think from all the listeners and ourselves that have come on the show, the efforts that you put in and excellent coverage again this season. And you know, for me personally, thoroughly enjoy coming on. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for you, Nick, as well. Well, thank you very much, Mike. That's kind. Many, many, many Second, seconded, I'm sure. And thank you for all the people that give me abuse. You you truly make this, <laughs> create this uh, ex- extensive Millwall performance. Uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you very much. So until August, dear listeners, for most of well, these kinds of shows anyway, until August, it's Arriva Dirty Mill. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mill. If you enjoyed the show, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheap little review. Arriva Dirty Mill. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 